This is Daizenshu EX, the podcast, episode 9 for the week of January 15th, 2006. Welcome everyone to yet another amazing episode of Daizenshu EX, the podcast. My name is Michael Abree, perhaps you know me as Fujito EX. With me again this week is Mary. Hello there. Hello. And back with us again is my faithful refugee, Julian. Konbanwa. How you doing? Oh, not too bad. It's 12.30 a.m. on a Sunday, early, early morning, and uh, I'm doing all right. And for us, it's 10.30 in the morning. So, in case you don't know, Julian's in Japan. That's very true. So, what have you been up to for the last week or so? Well, I've been getting myself acquainted with the Kyoto metropolitan area, and I've also been taking some classes. And I've been to several shrines and temples. In fact, I went to one today, which was very interesting. And I took a lot of pictures, which after the fact, I thought maybe I shouldn't, uh, maybe I wasn't allowed to take. But nobody stopped me. I don't know whether it was because I was a scary foreigner or they just didn't care. But whatever. You are a scary white man. I don't know. But <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. The, the one monk that I crossed paths with seemed very jaded. Um, there's these things called shuin which is basically like this piece of calligraphy that you can get that also has the temple's seal stamp. And the guy who drew it just seemed to be very downcast about the state of the world where any, you know, any foreigner can just walk up and demand this kind of thing instead oh. of, you know, religious devotion and all that stuff. Aww. Silly gaijin. That's right. Well, you know, I'm interested in religion. I'm not particularly religious. <laughs> um, maybe they should be happy that I have at least a fascination for Buddhism? I don't know. Anyway, I actually intend to go to a few more. Tomorrow, or actually today where I am, is the Toshiya Matsuri at um, Sanju Sangendo Shrine, in, or not Shrine, but Temple in Kyoto, um, which is where um, girls who have turned 20 get to shoot arrows across the, the lands of the temple. Wow, so they I, get to do the coolest things over there on their birthdays. Well, it's not their birthday, but, you know, uh, it's basically 20 is the coming of age in Japan, so they get to basically dress up in kimonos and shoot arrows. Very cool. Now, for those really of, know the symbolism for those that. listeners who don't actually know, what are you doing in Japan? I am studying in a study abroad program that's run by Stanford University, although next year it actually be run by jointly by Columbia University and Kyoto University. And so I'm basically taking lots of Japanese class, plus a course on religion and a course on post-war history. And in the meantime, I'm hanging out with people and, you know, exploring the city, and I probably should be getting souvenirs for other people than myself, but mostly I've been getting things for me thus far. (laughs) So basically, you're not over there because of Dragon Ball, (laughs) just to uh, dispel any possible preconceptions people have. Right. Yeah. And... I don't know. Uh, so far, the fellow Dragon Ball fan that I've discovered is um, eight years old. And <laughs> the, the grandnephew of my host mother. Yeah. Uh, um, but I do have a fellow One Piece fan who is my age. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> well, be sure to take some uh, pictures of any weird Dragon Ball items you might find around. Oh, definitely. Oh, I did check out the Anamanga when I was at a bookstore. Oh, yeah. Over in the Kawaramachi area, which is a big shopping district here. It's not that good. <laughs> um, they basically use the dialogue from the manga, but with images from the anime. 
but the images are not nearly as creatively laid out as they are in the manga, nor are they very high quality, since sometimes they have to blow up the images right. larger than their inherent resolution. So, yeah, it's kind of crappy. Yeah, uh, that's a shame. I, I, I definitely recommend the original manga over it, or even the anime, but you have to watch it, not read it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure who would want to purchase the anime manga anyway. It seems kind of redundant and pointless. Yes, it's redundantly redundant. It is. That's a great phrase to describe it. All right, why don't we get right into news for the week? We actually have some this week. Isn't there always? There is, and not all of it is about video games either. Oh, I mean, really? I'm sure cool. part of it is. Well, yes, part of it is. The first thing that came out this week was actually something I discovered looking around at some old updates of ours. A week or so ago, we gave some updates on new video games coming out, one of which was Shin Budokai for the PSP, which no one knows anything about. Another was Advance Adventure for the Game Boy Advance, which came out in Japan um, a little over a year ago. And then there was also Transformation 2 for the Game Boy Advance, which is an American game. Well, Shin Budokai got pushed back only about a week to March 7th. Advance Adventure, however, got pushed back over a month also to March 7th. And then there's Transformation 2, which no longer has listings anywhere. Mysterious. It's the game that never was. Oh, I would like it to never come out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, we've heard your opinions on Transformation before, so... So I won't get into that one. But, uh, so there's your video game news. You gotta wait. <laughs> Whole lot of delays. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So let's get into more exciting news. Last week, new CDs were announced. I always oh, yeah. love this news. And this is the part where Mike's <laughs> money goes away. Yes, bye-bye money. <laughs> there were two new CD sets announced, the first of which is called the Dragon Ball Z Best Song Collection. This looks like a two-CD set which will contain vocal songs. Now, this actually isn't all that exciting, because there have been quite a few vocal collections before. There's been the NeverEnding Story set, which had, while not all theme songs, had a bunch of vocal songs. There's been the five CD set, which had the vast majority of the vocal songs. However, hopefully this one will contain pretty much everything in one place. I mean, we had those complete song collections, the four sets of three discs each, but that was a lot, and that was all the hit collection songs as well. So hopefully this one will be just the theme songs, like the movie songs and yeah. insert songs. Mm. I want that one. And, yeah, and, and reading the Japanese description, it seems like that's what it says. ドラゴンボールゼットの勝ち上がった。ドラゴンボールゼット関連で制作されたのはもちろん、あの、収録。I love the voice you do when you, get, when you go into that mode. So basically Hedgehala, we got a power, and more. Yeah, so it's basically all the theme songs from the TVs and the movies. Very TV cool. Now, more exciting uh, than this was, Well, maybe to you. Well, okay, maybe to me, and I think to a lot of other people as well, is the other set that was announced. And this is a three-CD set called the Dragon Ball Z Complete BGM Collection. BGM being background music. This is very, very exciting. The last collection of background music, well, there have been a few, but the actual, I guess, multiple CD set was also the five CD set. And that contained the background music to Dragon Ball and most of Dragon Ball Z and the first few movies, I think one through nine. Mm -hmm. 
This, however, looks to be that and a whole lot more. Yes. Or so we uh, hope. Well, uh, judging by the Japanese description, which has uh, a lot of kanji that I, I don't understand, so I'm not going to read this one in Japanese, <laughs> unfortunately, but it basically says that it's the complete collection or a complete edition collection of all the music used in the anime Dragon Ball Z from the TV and the movies. That uh, is what really, really made me excited. I kind of wonder how they managed to stretch just, you know, three hours or so worth of music across that many episodes, but whatever. Uh, but, you know, I guess they there's a lot of um, not music spaces in the Japanese version, which I kind of tend to forget watching the dub, you know. <laughs> constant blaring of whatever. I think uh. if we're talking about music from the DBZ TV series and the movies, there's definitely enough for three discs. In fact, I think there's more than enough for three discs. We never got music for movies uh, 12 and 13 ever, and that's really, I, I keep saying, exciting mm-hmm. to me. And they're not including the Dragon Ball music in this, so that's... They're, they probably won't have the Dragon Ball movies, the TV show included. So Right. Well, the Dragon Ball TV series, actually, didn't that recently get another reissue of its background music CD? I think so, but that was, I think that was mostly early on in the show, though. Yeah, that, th- that was like the, the one where series. was a re-release of something that was originally on vinyl. Yeah. Yeah. Well, didn't the Dragon Ball series, or I'm sorry, Dragon Ball Z use a lot of the music from Dragon Ball? Early DBZ did use a lot of music from the later part of Dragon Ball. So that'll be interesting to see if they include any of that music on this set. But I tend to doubt it, because it wasn't DBZ specific. I gotcha. Right. But uh, I guess we'll see. Yep. So both of these discs come out on February 22nd, which is... Um, what is it, about a month and a week from now? That's about right. Wow, they didn't really give a lot of notice for this one. They did. It just kind of came out of thin air. Mm-hmm. Did, did you see this on any of the Japanese sites before we saw it on CD Japan and Amazon? Um, I wasn't paying attention, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Neither was I, because... I, I guess I didn't really expect any more to come out. No, so. what I usually do is every day or so I just go to CD Japan and do my obligatory searches for Dragon Ball is one word, Dragon Ball is two words, and DBZ just to see if there's anything new. And lo and behold, here we have new stuff. Actually, I saw it on our forum first because I wasn't home all day, and then when I came home to do my searches, someone already found them for me. So I was kind of sad that I didn't get to discover it on my own. Aww. But that's okay. Well, don't feel too bad. Okay, I won't. Thank you. Because you said that, I won't feel too bad. Okay. All right. I think that's it for news for the week. So video games delayed, boo, new CDs, yay! That pretty much sums it up. Yes. So... We got Julian with us. We got Mary with us. I want to go through an important discussion we need to have. Are we in trouble? No. Oh, Oh, no. All of fandom is in trouble. (laughs) We're all fired. (laughs) What I want to talk about this week and kind of bring in you guys and your opinions on it is the so-called Ultimate Uncut Edition. And specifically what I want to go through is why this even has to exist in the first place. This is a DVD, by the way. The yeah. DVD release. Right. Well, also on TV as well. They oh, did it, true. They did start airing it on Cartoon Network. Uh-huh. So basically what this will be is kind of a history on Dragon Ball's dubbing and distribution with a focus on why. Yes. Now, before we even get going into this, I think we need to define a word. And the definition that we're going to use for this word isn't necessarily how I would define the word or how the vast majority of fandom would define the word. However, it's important to use this definition because that's how its distribution is handled, if that makes any sense. 
and the word is uncut. Now, we're going to try and really steer away from personal opinions on how it's handled and what is really uncut, what isn't, and what we think about what their changes were. We're going to go strictly with Funimation's definition of uncut. Funimation's definition of uncut is that no visual content has been removed or otherwise altered. We're not talking about music, we're not talking about voices, and we're not talking about dialogue. We're talking about cover your ears and what do you see. So that's going to be our definition of uncut for this discussion. And we'll be sure to reiterate that when we get to a couple of key points. So let's keep that in mind. And we're going to begin, I guess, at the beginning with Dragon Ball, the original TV series. Now, Mary, you were actually introduced via, right. via this. Yep. This was back in 1995. I guess if we take a step back a year, Funimation obtained the rights in 1994. And they were busy, you know, what are we going to do? How do we do this? We have no money. So it took them a year to get off the ground with this property. In 1995, Dragon Ball aired on television in North America. Wow. I was 10 years old. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I feel old. Little Julian. <laughs> You were younger oh, than Goku. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> That's sad. Dragon Ball aired on television in North America. It was originally planned for 26 episodes. They only made it through 13. I think part of that might have been the crappy time slots that it was given. It was. <laughs> yeah. At this point, it was generally like 5.36 in the morning. That's when I saw it. Yeah. So, real briefly, let's go through who was involved with this production. Funimation... Funimation Productions, which everyone's probably familiar with, at least in North America at this point, they are the company that licensed it from Japan, and they choose to do whatever they want to do with it within their license reasons. So they're the production company, more or less. They hired Ocean Studios, who is based out of Vancouver in Canada, to do the voices. Beyond that, they had Peter Bering, who did the music for their dub of the show, the music was not the original Japanese version. you got to admit, the theme was kind of catchy, but... I love it, that theme. Anyway, it was. The background <laughs> music was neither here nor there. <laughs> and finally, there is... And we have three names for them. Kidmark, Trimark, Lionsgate Films. Why do they have three names? Why do they have three names? I think it's kind of different divisions of the same company. I'm not really sure. I'm not either. And I don't even remember what was on the boxes for the videos and what was... Anyways... They were the home video slash DVD distributor for the show. So let's keep that all in mind. So Funimation dubbed the show with the Ocean Group and Peter Baring's music, and it aired on TV. Now, they wanted to put it out on home video for people to buy. However, Funimation was... They weren't really a startup company anymore at this point, but they had no cash. They had some other properties, but they were fairly unknown. What was... If you go to their website... It's like you know, 10 cy- years ago, it was like cyborgs. Cyborgs. <laughs> cyborgs, yeah. So they did have things out there, but probably not enough to make them substantial cash. Yeah. No. So what they did is they sub-licensed the rights to distribute these episodes on home video and later DVD to Lionsgate Films. Now, what this means is that when Lionsgate owns this sub-license, Funimation cannot release the episodes because they've given this other company the rights to do so. So Funimation's got these episodes, and they have another company releasing them. Now, let's jump forward a couple years, just for the sake of explaining a couple things. Funimation later went back and redid the entire Dragon Ball series. They did the whole 153 episodes, they redubbed it with their new cast, this aired on TV in 2001. 
However, starting in 2001. Well, all right, starting in 2001. However, you still can't get these first 13 episodes, the redub, on home video or DVD in North America. The reason for this is because Lionsgate Films, for some unknown reason, still has that sub-license from like 10 years ago to distribute these episodes on home video. That's insane. It is. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is a huge mystery, and I don't think anyone knows the answer. No. I'm, I'm, Mike and I have both been to several conventions and sat in on the Funimation panel, and we've both asked these questions, and nobody knows. No. They They're can't just give like, us a straight answer. We don't even get any kind of answer. I don't want to say they brush us off, but they're like, okay, they next like, question. They, you can tell they've gotten this question so much they're tired of even trying to answer, mm -hmm. but it's obvious that they don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's in a matter of they don't care. It sounds more like they don't even know. I gotta say, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know what legal things happen behind the scenes. But from the sounds of it, there's something really funky going on with this sub-license. And it's almost like they've given up hope <laughs> on releasing these. Yeah. Well, I mean, they released that movie box set without the first movie, which is in that box set that Trimark has. And yeah. So what you can find on home video, episodes 1 through 13 in North America, all that exists is the Saga of Goku, as done by Funimation in 1995, as distributed by Lionsgate Films. Episodes 14 through 143, you've got... Funimation's new dub from 2001, and well, it's bilingual, and it's uncut. Remember the definition here. Yes, but it's 153. What did I say? 143. Oh, my bad. I do actually know these numbers, believe it or <laughs> not. So it gets even a little more confusing with Australia. In Australia, the first 13 episodes have been re-released with Funimation's redub, but the original dub of Movie 1 from 1995 with the Ocean cast. Now, the whole reason for this is that Lionsgate Films isn't in Australia. <laughs> yep. So we have to, I guess, kind of assume that Funimation's sub-license to Lionsgate Films was exclusively for the North American market. Does this make sense to so. you guys? Yes. I, I guess so, yeah. Yeah. So down in Australia, Madman Entertainment, who we've spoken of before, they kind of release things for everyone. They put out this re-release of Saga of Goku with 1 through 13, uh, uncut, bilingual, but the hack-up dub of Movie 1. And we have no idea why. No. So I guess, is there any way to import this, uh, this set from Australia? You can. I think, was it last episode or two episodes ago, Julie and I went over this. Okay. We do have yeah. a link up on our site in the podcast section. You can order this set from Madman Entertainment. I yeah. believe it's about 30 bucks. You just have to remember it's encoded for Region 4 and it's PAL format. So for more information yes. on all of that, check out two episodes ago. I yeah. think that was episode 7. I can imagine that NTSC to PAL back to NTSC isn't going to be that good. But no, it's uh, really gross looking. <laughs> <laughs> you got confirmation on this? Yes, I've seen these conversions. They're um, not pretty, but we won't get into the whole video techie thing right now. So let's shoot forward a yeah, about a year to 1996. We'll talk about DBZ now. So yes. you've gotten a little history about Funimation and sub-licenses and all that sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. 1996, Funimation shifted right over to DBZ. Dragon Ball wasn't doing yeah. so hot. Let's get to the action, which they've yeah. done since then. Yes, so it this seems to be a trend very, that works. Very true. <laughs> and they seem to prefer those kind of series over other series like, say, Fruit basket which seems to be their exceptions right but anyway um yeah 
Actually, I, I remember reading back in around 2001 when I was really starting to get into the fandom, um, this, like, interview... I think it was on DBZ Uncensored back before the uh, takeover after the original creator kind of lost interest. But where was I? Oh, yes. But it was basically this thing about Gen Fukunaga revealing that they weren't going to bother with the rest of Dragon Ball and moving straight to DBZ and getting yeah. this sort of incredulous response. <laughs> but anyway, that was... That, yeah. I mean, it was already well after the fact at that time anyway. But Right. So let's talk about DBZ. Two seasons ran in syndication, just like Dragon Ball, from 1996 to 1998. Now, again, let's go through these companies that were involved. We've got Funimation, same as before, the production yep. company. We've got Ocean Studios, same as before. These were the voices based out of Vancouver. With a few different voices for the characters, but whatever. Right. Overall, they're mostly the same, but we have some older characters and etc. Yeah. Next, we had Shuki Levy who did the music, and Shuki Levy did lots of other stuff back then. I think Power Rangers? Yeah, and X-Men 2. And X-Men. Well, not X-Men 2, but X-Men also. X-Men also. (laughs) And then we have the infamous Saban, also known for Power Rangers. Saban was the syndication distributor for television. What they did was they took Funimation's production, and they kind of acted as the salesman for the show and brought it to the TV markets and got them their time slots and all that good stuff. And basically demanded that it be, you know, edited for syndication. Right. They're saying, well, if we're going to sell it on your behalf, you got to come to our standards or we're not going to do anything. But we'll get into that that later. Yeah. That was the norm for anime back then. It was. Finally, Uh, we have Pioneer Home Entertainment, now known as Genion. Just like Lionsgate Films, they were the home video slash DVD distributor for the show. But we'll get to them in a bit. We don't want to hit them up just yet. So let's talk about the dubbing of the show. It ran for two seasons, and then Saban just kind of went bye-bye. Do we know yeah. why? I have no idea why. I don't know Not if they've really even sure. done anything since. I think it had something to do with their own TV channel going away. But I never got their channel anyway, so I don't really know. But also, Me I mean, Saban is a distributor. I mean, I don't know. It seems like they're pretty demanding in terms of reducing the quality of what you have in order to make it acceptable to American <laughs> right, right. audiences. Right, so these two seasons uh, <laughs> were not, quote-unquote, uncut. Yes, SCC so, standards. Right, you know. well, supposedly. Yeah, I think they kind of uh, stretched what the uh, standards <laughs> of the FCC kind of became, uh, you know. So before Saban. we get into our personal opinions on uncut, <laughs> let's keep going. So Saban disappeared, and this was 1997-1998. Uh, So, once again, Funimation's left with, we have a show and we don't really have any money, what the hell do we do? In the meantime, they sub-licensed, just same thing as before, the home distribution to Pioneer, who distributed the show exactly as it aired on TV. This is the edited, dub-only version that ran for two seasons. Well, actually, though, the first few episodes, I guess in the first few airings, they it were was, actually less cut than yes, they later were. right. The original, the, only the first time it ever aired, episodes one through four, they were slightly less edited. They actually used the word death a few times. And kill. And kill. And then after these four episodes aired, Saban went, oh, no, 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 you got to change that. And then came in the whole uh, Next Dimension nonsense. But Yeah, that's gone away now. So, so. there's a little, tr- well... Not as much as I hoped. I was playing Supersonic Warriors 2, and despite them saying damn, Next Dimension was in there. But that's a whole nother conversation. (laughs) Anyways, so to dispel a rumor, Pioneer, when speaking of dub seasons 1 through 2, episodes 1 through 53, Pioneer had nothing 
absolutely nothing to do with the production of these two seasons. When they began distributing the show, it had already been airing on TV. So all Pioneer did was take what aired on TV and released it on home video. I see a lot of people going around saying, oh, Pioneer's doubled the first two seasons, blah, blah, blah. It's not entirely accurate. Oh, I hate that so much. It's right. probably well, one it's of my true at biggest all. Dragon Ball <laughs> internet pet peeves is people saying, oh, Pioneer's version is so much better. I'm like, yeah. no, it's not. I think this confusion comes where maybe they see the old DVDs in the store and they see Pioneer's logo on it. Right next to Funimation's exactly. logo. Exactly. <laughs> but then they think, oh, right, Pioneer put this out. Yeah, of course. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> Mary's very angry this about this really subject. This really pisses me off because this happened yes, years ago. and this Their names aren't even in the credits of those first two seasons because no, they not had nothing to do all. with the dub. No. So before we get all hot and bothered about this topic, even though we are, let's Maybe. kind of contradict ourselves and talk about movies one through three. Movies, yeah. Dragon Ball Z movies one through three were released in 1997 and 1998. I think the first was December 97, so it was really 98. Yes. On VHS, DVD, and Laserdisc. And Laserdisc. Yeah. I think that was actually one of the first anime DVD releases. Uh, Dragon it Ball was. Z Movie 1. DVD movies were first-gen anime DVDs. We don't know how to define this, but these three movies were done jointly by Funimation and Pioneer. I don't know. I think considering Funimation's continuing lack of funds at this point, it was probably joint in the fact that Pioneer had to, you know, pay out of its own pocket. Yeah. <laughs> so... I wouldn't say this was a sub-license, but it was kind of, uh, we got a series that's kind of popular. Would you guys like to actually do something with us? And since it's movies, there's no long-term commitment, so it was probably right. pretty easy on uh, Pioneer's part. Right. So what they did is they released these three movies, and these were, like, and still are the biggest anomalies of the entire series. They use the original background music. They use a script that's relatively close to the original version. I mean, these were weird, because we had the edited, dub-only TV series with different music, different scripts, etc. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give a leg if all the other movies were released in this fashion. Oh, my God. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Fangasm. However, yeah. they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't really know how to describe this. A lot of the people that would have been involved with this probably aren't involved with it anymore. So <laughs> I don't know how much we'll ever really know about just how joint these productions were, but they came out. And so this was in the period where DBZ was not, it was kind of on TV, but wasn't really on TV. There was nothing new being made. Saban's gone. What do we do? Let's uh, keep going into 1998. August. I think it was August 31st, 1998. DBZ made its way into millions and millions of more homes with Toonami on Cartoon Network. Woo! <laughs> this is how I started seeing it. Oh, it and that's was, how most people started seeing it, too, I think. It, it was, oh, it, it must have been early 1999 when I was going through a rough point in my adolescence. Haha, <laughs> you know, you're in high school. So Dragon Ball Z helps you with your teen angst? Well, no, I was in middle school then. Oh, wait, I was in high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you think about growing up, and really teenage years are the most cruel truly devised thing from nature ever. Okay, Mr. Depressive, let's... <laughs> <laughs> well, you think about it, you're a kid and you don't have the mental capacity con to consider a lot of things that <laughs> you find are very depressing, and when you finally get there, you don't have the ability to ignore the things like you learn later on. So, yeah, anyway. <laughs> All right, so August 31st, 1998, Toonami on Cartoon Network begins airing DBZ. 
What they did was they aired the same two seasons that originally aired a couple years earlier in syndication. And little did we know, but this was kind of a testing the waters for Cartoon Network. They were trying to see, was there enough interest in this for Funimation to keep going with the show? Because up until this point, Funimation, I mean, this was the biggest thing they ever had. Cyborgs wasn't doing anything. And there was some other random weird shows that I don't even remember because they were like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So DBZ essentially defined what Toonami would be for years and years and years to come. Wasn't uh, Dragon Ball Z one of the first shows in the Toonami lineup? Well, Toonami existed previously, but it wasn't the anime majority oh i know that i know that but was it it one of the first shows i think think so i I don't know i know there was thundercats yeah there's thundercats there was voltron Voltron. Uh, was there space ghost on tuna no no that was late that was on ghost planet i think it was or no it was some it was like a kitty version of space ghost with those characters but it was well it was like a 1960s thing yeah yeah I, i mean i remember there being like retro cartoons or something yeah. But then they started showing, like, DBZ and Sailor Moon, and it went to anime after that. Right. So anyways, DBZ, Toonami, boom, popularity goes through the roof. So they were like, all right, we got to do more. So 1998 into 1999, Dragon Ball's doing great. Funimation says, we got to do more, what are we going to do? So a little trivia here, the first thing Funimation did on their own, because no more Saban, no more Saban means no more money, which means... No more voices, no more music. What do we do? So the first thing they did on their own was actually Dragon Ball Movie 2, Sleeping Princess in Devil's Castle. This came out in 1999. Little do people realize. I mean, we just now got the DVD, but the uh, uncut and edited VHS came out in 1999. That was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, even though that uncut version used the Japanese background music, it still used Peter Baring's theme. Yeah. Which I'm not sure was technic- is technically allowed, but nevertheless it happened. I always wondered th- about that myself. The same thing happened later on with Rock the Dragon. Yeah, until the, but we're but getting anyway, to that we'll get, right we'll, now. We'll get there. Uh, and I guess it's worthy to mention that Funimation's in-house production studios is called Cake Mix Studios, but it's not actually a separate company. It's, it's in the same building. Yeah. Or at least it was. I don't know if it's still true, but yeah. I think they it's actually part, moved. It's part of Funimation. Recently. Anyways, yeah. so 1999, <laughs> Sleeping Princess comes out. I don't know how well it does. I don't think they really cared. They were just kind of testing their own waters to see what they could do. They hired local voice talent. And, well, for this one, they used the original Japanese score because they probably didn't have anyone to do music. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) So they did that. And next up, the infamous season three. Oh, yes. Now, they picked up right where they left off. We're going to call it episode 54 because we're still going by dub numbers at this point which was technically episodes, like, 67, 68, due to the way yeah. they had uh, still been editing yeah. at that point. It's, like, halfway through episode 67 and right. going on into episode 68, but right. not all the way through. <laughs> so, anyways, I believe this first came out on home video, because, and I know Mary remembers right. my post from... This is one of my most uh, vivid memories of Vegito EX lore. <laughs> is is this right here? So, <laughs> I, yeah. R- little Ruffled. little side story. Yeah. I was home from school sick that day when my tapes came in, probably from Amazon, and I popped them in, and I remember being so pissed off at how, oh my god how low Ruffled a few production feathers, quality. Eh, yeah, <laughs> but we're not going to get into our personal opinions of Uncut. Is this uh, old editorial still on your website? I hope not. Oh, well, I was going to say, if anyone's you know interested, uh, no. go track it down. I still stand by what I said about that. I mean, come on, even Dubby's hate season three. 
I hated it. Let's too. be totally honest about this. But anyways, let's keep going. So season three started coming out on VHS, and then in September of 1999, there was a huge two-hour event on Toonami. They aired episodes oh, yes. 52 and 53, which was the last two of season two, and immediately after that, they played the first two episodes of new season three. I mean, this was gigantic. This was Cartoon Network saying, yeah, we got DBZ, we're popular now, and <laughs> so Funimation just took off from there. Now, here's where it gets fun. At this point, Funimation began distributing on their own. No sub-licenses. So everything from Captain Ginyu onwards, this is Funimation doing it on their own. They can do whatever the hell they want with these episodes. The uncut VHS began in 1999, and a year later we actually got the DVDs, which was cool as hell. Yeah, that was actually pretty fast. I mean, I remember people campaigning yeah. for those for what felt like a long time yeah. at that time, but when you think about it, the year difference isn't all that bad. Right. Yeah, it did feel like a really long time back then. So anyways, so Funimation's putting out episodes 54 onwards to the end of the series by themselves. Now, let's go back to the word uncut. Funimation's definition of uncut is that no visual content is removed. This is true for their uncut VHS and DVD releases. No visual content is removed. So we're going to say, Ginyu onwards, the show has been released, for all intents and purposes, uncut in its entirety. I know there's yeah. still a couple that are, or were coming out, like Great Man and the End of the Cell Games, but ig- ignore those. We'll pretend that the entire series was out. It essentially was. However, there were still those first two seasons. Those oh, yes. were not released uncut. Those are still the edited dub-only ones. Sublicense problem, Pioneer still has that sublicense. However, there's a solution to this one. Because we actually, they actually had a date. <laughs> yes, this one had a date we knew. We could look forward to it. And I don't remember what that... Oh, I do remember. I have it written here in our notes. <laughs> Another August 31st. I think August 31st is just like some major event in Dragon Ball history every year. August 31st, 2003. Pioneer's sublicense expired. Now, a year before this, Funimation made this pledge. They would release, at some point in time, at their own rate... <laughs> They would have the entire series and all movies released on DVD, uncut bilingual. They made this promise to fans. So we heard, oh, Pioneer Sublicense expires? What does this mean for the first two seasons? What does your promise mean to this? And sure enough, they confirmed as soon as that sublicense expired, they would go back and redub those seasons. They would release them on DVD, uncut bilingual. And this is what we have now. These are the ultimate uncut editions. So... What does this really, really mean? Because these episodes already came out, but Funimation is putting them out again. So let's just go through and see why Funimation would release something that's already been released. I kind of have four main points to go over. Number right. one, they wanted to release things that weren't in print anymore. I mean, once Pioneer's sublicense ran out, production on these stopped. So once they were sold out, you would never be able to buy them again. So what Funimation wanted to do was get these things out there again so people could buy them. Number two, uncut. Let's go with the definition. They wanted to release everything uncut. These weren't uncut previously, so hey, let's release them uncut. Number three, consistency. Mostly with voices, not so much in the music department. They wanted and kind of made a big deal out of that what they were going to re-release would be consistent with the rest of their series. Because when they switched over to in-house... They had all new voices for the show. The original first two seasons had the Ocean cast. So they were saying, what was it like, the voices you know and love, and (laughs) et cetera. Oh, they they announced it with this commercial with, oh, 
Oh, they were trying to be cool and use Japanese, but all they did was switch over to a Japanese-esque font. <laughs> so you had all these random Kana characters. They couldn't even get Goku and Vegeta right. And that's... No. I mean, that's written on all the packaging in Japan. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's not that hard. <laughs> but whatever. And then finally, to go along with their Pledge of Uncut, they wanted to include the original Japanese version on the DVDs. So... Ultimate Uncut Edition kind of addresses all of these things. They're releasing something that otherwise wouldn't be available anymore. They were putting them out uncut. Their dub has, Their voice cast was their own, and then finally had the Japanese version. I think that pretty much covers why there's an Ultimate Uncut Edition. Now, to just reiterate, there doesn't need to be an Ultimate Uncut Edition for Seasons 3 onwards, because we're going back again to Funimation's definition of uncut. No visual content removed. The rest of the series is already uncut by this definition. Now, you can get into the whole debate on uh, Funimation's scripts and their ultimate uncut editions throwing in random curses and Mm -hmm. the dialogue ranging from, like, really, really accurate back to the old, uh, you, where's your arm, it must be green, whatever the hell that line was. Yeah, and also just... Um, keep in mind the weird splicing together ep- of episodes in order to get the series to sync up again that they did originally at the beginning of Season 3. Right. Th- that isn't technically corrected, even though now Season 2 ends at the end of an episode. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. I guess to answer the, the big question that people have, no, there will not be an Ultimate Uncut edition of anything other than the first two seasons of DBZ, yeah. because they're already out uncut. Yeah, they have the Japanese version and the visual content is unchanged. So, yeah, it's already out there, as, as is. So, ig- ignore the music, ignore the script, ignore the voices, it's uncut. Now, then there's movies one through three, and I'm not really sure why they're calling them Ultimate Uncut Editions, because the ones that Pioneer released with them were kind of double the amount of uncut that these are. <laughs> but I think this is more along the lines of the point of let's release things that otherwise would be out of print. And with their own... Uh, Voices, I guess. And own scriptory rights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whew. So that's yep. like your rundown of history. Of Dragon Ball in North America. Woohoo! Yeah. Yay. Do you guys have any other points or questions that you can think of for this stuff? I think that is it for that. If any of you listeners have any questions about this whole production history or what any of the companies did or did not do, let us know. You can email us, or even better yet, just hop on over to the forum and throw some replies in the threads. I mean, we're always there. We'll reply to you, and I'm sure our other forum members will do the same. And just a reminder, if you're going to hop over to our forum, please remember to spell correctly. Well, when you ask so cutely, how can they not? Exactly. Thank you, everyone. Oh, sugary sweet. So, there you have it. I don't think we got too angry at any one particular company. You steered us off off that path when we started to go that way, so thanks. Yes. What's up with Julian being angrier than the GOX today? (laughs) Reverse liberals. Kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, So, anyways, speaking of the Ultimate Uncut Edition, Volume 7 comes out on January 24th. Yay! Uh, Episodes 19 through 21, and that's when uh, Vegeta and Apple land. So, yay. Good stuff. Okay. And that's our releases for January. <laughs> pretty pretty yeah. slow month there. Yeah. yeah, they're being pretty slow considering the fact that all of these episodes varied on TV already. Right. Uncut completely, so there's no change. Yeah. Well, there's the Japanese and Spanish versions on the DVDs. That's true. So next month there'll be a lot more stuff coming out. Well, 
one of the games got pushed back, but I know there's a yeah. bunch of other stuff. There's DVDs and, and manga and the the final volume of the Anamanga, of course. Yeah. I, I don't, I, or at least the Saiyajin arc. I don't know if they're doing any of the other arcs. They haven't said. Right. But basically, the release right now is only of that one story arc, and I don't really care if they do any of the other ones because. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's turn it over to emails and questions from our listeners this week. Woohoo! So the first question I want to address this week is actually a question that we had last week asking about our favorite English voice actors, and then we also did our favorite Japanese voice actors. And we wanted to get Julian's answers for this. So, quickly, Julian, can you run us through your three favorite English voice actors and Japanese voice actors? Oh, three? If, oh, if, you, if you can think of three. Uh, well, uh, well, from the ocean dub, there's Scott McNeil, the quintessential piccolo, and um, I'm guessing that the others might actually be from the Funimation dub. Well, actually, I, I rather enjoyed, um, oh, jeez, who was Goku? Ian Corlett. Ian Corlett. His, but his take on Kame Senin. Oh, yeah. I, I thought he had the perfect mix of lecherly, er, like, lecherousness and gravity. No offense to, um, no, no offense to Mike McFarland, but even though <laughs> the stuff was censored back then, I felt like he could still get the dirty old man vibe across without actually yeah. doing anything that he wasn't allowed to do by the censors. Yeah. Um, while actually having a semi-serious part to play. And um, so Ian Corlett ranks pretty highly. I, I like him a little bit more than, than uh, Sean Schemmel just because um, he could scream better. <laughs> I mean, um, Peter Kalamus or Kalamus or however you say his last name was good because he was able to pronounce the Japanese stuff correctly, but eh. Um, uh, and the Funimation dub, let's see, I really like uh, Damien Clark. As cell. Ooh, Ooh he, good answer. Oh, we forgot about him. Yeah, he. I don't. I don't think he still works for them. Um, but yeah, he really did pretty good. And he. Um, that's you know in the English dub that's pretty good. Um, well, um, Kyle A. Bear is pretty good too, and he 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 maintained a pretty good rep. Uh, you know, relationship with the fans too, with his own little website and accidentally leaking a few things, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which may or, may or may not have been beneficial. I don't think he was the one who leaked the. I think that actually came out of Gen Fukunaga's own mouth when he shouldn't have said anything. But anyway. <laughs> All right. Um, Japanese cast. Japanese cast. Well, oh, there's a lot of different... Um, there's Yusei Nakao, of course. Frieza. <laughs> and he's always, you know, able to convey the entire range from haughty, detached, kind of polite, well, oh, that's nice, but I'm going to kill you anyway, <laughs> to, you know, crazy office rocker. <laughs> How dare you what? do that to me? I'm gonna blow your brains out, but whatever. Like, like, you know, after he's actually injured and right. stuff, he starts to go a little crazy. Yes. And his pride shoots through the roof, and, you know, that happens. And, of course, there's Masako Nozawa. Who this plays. list is sounding strangely familiar. Yeah, well, it, it is pretty similar, I gotta <laughs> admit. Alright, keep going. Um, and let's see. But actually, uh, um, I'm going to veer from your list and go with Mayumi Tanaka. All right. Um, both Kuririn and Yajidobe. Right. Um, so um, maybe this is because I'm also a fan of One Piece, where she's the main <laughs> character. Um, but she, I, I always, she really gets a chance to shine there. I mean, not that she yeah. didn't in Dragon Ball, but yeah. But I always, I always felt she really did a good job in Dragon Ball, and definitely. Yeah, and One Piece, she does a really good main character. But you know, she was also she also had a, a lead role in uh, Castle in the Sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laputa. She was positive. 
And she's had some other random roles here and there. She was Koenma and Yu Yu Hakusho. Okay. But well, anyway. Good answers. Now let's get into new emails for the week. And once again, we're giving preference to our audio emails because we love getting them. First up with the question this week is kind of our regular audio email guy. And haha, I'm going to call you Great Saiyaman. Here's your question. Hey guys, this is Great Saiyaman. My question is, which came first, the history of Trunks movie or the Trunks story at the end of volume 33? Okay, well, it turns out that Trunks' story for the manga was put out around the end of 1992 in Weekly Jump. Uh, now, of course, this is the weekly serialization, and it was kind of a special issue. I'm not really sure, not having been aware of the series' existence when it was released, whether it was, you know, completely outside the serialization or whether it was in place of a normal weekly chapter, but that's where it was. And then the Trunks... TV special actually aired in 1993, only a few months later. So the special manga chapter came out first. However, I'm guessing that maybe the TV special was already in the pre-planning stage by this time. I have to imagine, like, because like the movies, the TV specials are really high quality and very well done. I mean, they use their mm-hmm. A-plus animation team on this one. So it's probably like Toriyama, you know, like, told the anime staff, well, I, I'm going to do this. Would you guys like to do something based yeah. on it? And they yeah. were probably like, sure, why don't we collaborate a little bit? But I don't really know. So <laughs> I really shouldn't speculate. And I guess we should point out that there are a few differences between them, most notably in the way that Trunks first turned Super Saiyan, and that the yes. TV special actually has drama to it. And it just sort of already is in the manga. Yeah. Well, let's go right into our next audio question for the week. Here we go. Well, let's... Hi, this is Jake Man from the forum. I just wanted to know if you had any thoughts on why Dragon Ball Z hasn't been released on DVD over here yet in the UK, seeing that we almost have all of Funi Animation's dubbed anime, for example, like Yu Hu Hakushu. And also, what are your thoughts on the Bird Studio dub? I was one of the many people that was um, to buy this up really quickly and then put it in the DVD player and see that I was screwed. Um, I've seen from the Toonami Dragon Ball Z marathon that they've dubbed up to movie 5. Um, do you know if they've dubbed any more beyond movie 5? And also, how the hell did they get Big Green from Piccolo? Now, once again, I am not a lawyer. However, I believe that Funimation's license for the show stipulates that they are the distributor for Dragon Ball and the franchise in general in North America and Australia. Which leads me to think that they just can't release it in the UK. Now, why sometimes Funimation's dub gets aired over there, and why other countries have had other releases on home video, I don't know. Europe's kind of interesting with what they get over there. They get the two different TV dubs, and then other countries have their own TV dubs and releases. So I don't know why you don't have anything on DVD. I mean, you've got fun- I think the UK gets some of Funimation's DVDs, don't they? I don't know. <laughs> I don't either. Well, all of Funimation's DVDs are encoded for regions 1, 2, and 4, and uh, Europe's yeah. region 2, along and with Japan, Pal. for some reason. Yeah, but Europe's PAL, isn't it? I've yes, however, great thing... Or that, France, uh, which is like CCAM or Yeah, well, or... you know, screw the French. Uh, I mean, <laughs> hey, come on, I'm, my last name is French. I can say it. Okay. <laughs> but the great thing about European hardware is that they will tend to natively play and convert NTSC signals to PAL which is a lot better than NTSC to PAL to NTSC the way we do it over here. So, yeah. not too bad. So if you want to get Funimation's DVDs, you'll be able to play them, no problem. 
I really don't know what's up with the distribution over there and who actually owns the rights to what. I don't think anyone there really knows who owns the rights to what. Which kind of brings us into your Bridge Entertainment question. I don't really know anything about this company. I mean, I think I dug up their website once and there wasn't a whole lot of information. They have dubbed quite a few things. Uh, I have a list here of what they've done, which was given to us by Ash on our forums, who got it from SS Kekarot, also on our forums. Looks like they've put out what they call 11 movies, the same way that Funimation calls things movies that aren't really movies, like TV specials. It looks like they went movies in order... 3, 2, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, Bardock, Trunks, and then Movie 1. That's an odd order. Yeah. <laughs> and some really strange titles, too. I mean, <laughs> these, these obviously aren't... Um, I mean, from what I've heard about the translations as well, they... Oh, they take some license, and not even, like, in a... We're trying to keep any kind of... Anything? I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's neat about these titles is that some of them are kind of translations of the actual Japanese titles. And when you see them actually yes. printed out like that, you can see how stupid the titles look. Like, fight! <laughs> Ten billion power warriors! Yes, it's yeah. really dumb looking. Or a super guy in the galaxy. Well, sometimes it's really bad translations. Like, fight is like collision or yeah. clash. It's not just fight. Everything fight sounds is... cooler in Japanese. No pun intended. Gekitotsu, hyakuoku, power senshitachi. See? It does sound cooler in Japanese. Well, those are the two audio questions we had for the week. We would love to get more of them. If you would like to send us an audio question, record yourself, let us know who you are and where you're from, preferably being where you live and not that you're from our forums. Though we love having you from our forums, but I want to know where you live, because I like hearing that we have people in Europe listening. And you're creepy. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Anyways, if you want to email them, please feel free to. You can grab our email addresses right off of our site. You can email them right to me. That would be cool. And that's it. We have a couple of text emails, but I still have to look up some stuff on these. I know it's been a couple of weeks, but I, I am going to get to them. I just haven't gotten to it yet. So please continue to send us audio emails and text emails. We'll try to answer as many as we can yes. on the show. And I think that's mm -hmm. it. Cool. So right now it's 11.25 a.m. for us. What time is it there? 1.25 a.m. All right. Go to bed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, many thanks to Julian for joining us from Japan, live and in person, although it's not live when you're listening to us now, but yes. anyways. I'm not technically in person either, but whatever. Well, that, all right, fine. No, oh, well. I, I have no idea if you're going to be with us next week. I guess we'll work out the logistics of that. Yeah, I do it all depends... And, you know, it all depends on what my friends are doing and you mean the whether eight -year -old? we're going to be singing our... Not that friend. <laughs> Besides, I, I wouldn't exactly call his friends. More like uh, he's related to my host family. But Let's uh, not get into these relationships with eight-year-old boys. Okay, just putting it like that just <laughs> makes it sound weird. <laughs> I had to. Come on, who's there? Anyway, where was I? You're um, in Japan. Yeah, but still. Right. I, I'm, not, I'm not Japanese, therefore I'm not going to even get near that kind <laughs> of stuff. All right, so we don't know if you're going to be with us next week. I do have some cool episodes planned i got to work on. I'm trying to try and get a guest or two, notable guests coming in the future, so I'm working on that. Ooh. Have some more regular show ideas. We still want to go over some puns with Julian in the future. And uh, I think that's it for the week. Cool. Sounds cool. good. So, Julian, you can be found in Japan, but you can also be found at www.daizex.com with myself. That is Daizenchu EX. 
and that is the podcast you're listening to right now. And as yes. we like to say on the forum, Daisenshu EX, there's a site too? <laughs> That's your new slogan. Of course. I don't remember and who came up with that, but I, I gotta thank them. I'll have to look and see who first said it. It's funny. As and that. and if you happen to be walking around Kyoto and see a foreigner who's sounding out all the words on all the signs that he sees, <laughs> that's probably me. Um, so yeah. All right. So get your ass to an arcade, play games, take pictures. I'll and try. Mary, you're here with me. Yes, I am. And yes. you can be found at at templeotrunks.com. You got an update? Um, well, it's been four months, so I guess I should. And it's not that I don't have content. I have tons of content. I'm just really lazy. You know, when I'm sitting at the computer all day at work, the last thing I want to do is come home and sit at the computer and update a site. Yes. So, we'll see. Got lots of music videos I actually need to post, so if you're into that sort of thing, you can find them on my animemusicvideos.org profile, because... Obviously, I haven't posted them on templatrunks.com yet, so that's and, just oh, my plug. Oh, yes. That's right. Actually, later in the morning is the Toshia Matsuri at Sanju Sangendo in Kyoto. So if you happen to be in the area, um, I'd probably be there too, although I don't know if this podcast will actually be out in time, even if you're <laughs> in Japan. So, whatever. You know what? I, I have two announcements to make before we finish the show. I have two birthday announcements. Oh, Ooh, boy. To end the show, Yes. Mary's birthday is the 16th. Woot! Happy birthday to me! Happy birthday to Mary. Thank you. You're welcome. You 25 now? Yes. We'll be 25. And then, you know, we were talking about eight-year-olds earlier. (laughs) Where's this going? (laughs) (laughs) I I can't believe no one reminded me. Daisenshu EX is eight years old this month. Aww. Happy anniversary. Thank you. I, I think it's eight, isn't it? Um, started in like, 1998. Yeah. And it was 2006. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't wow. called Daisenshu EX when it started, but, I mean, it's all been an evolution of Vegito EX's <laughs> Ultimate DBZ Links page in January so 1998. W- when you were a bored 15-year-old, yep. did it's you imagine that you would be getting this far with your website and no. stuff? No. <laughs> it just goes to prove that you can do anything if you set your mind to it and... Have free time. You're on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, happy birthday to Mary. Happy birthday to us. And thank you for listening. Thank you. Yes. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Jana.